0: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit boattrader.com to get started. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24/7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. 75 episodes of the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Thank you for listening to this one, and if you have, the ones that came before. As always, I do look forward to all of the emails, uh, chirps on social media, and feedback that I get about the podcast as well about the articles on castingacross.com. It's truly one of the things about doing this that I appreciate and enjoy the most. One of the things that we talk about a lot on Casting Across, and simply because it's one of my passions, is fly fishing with small fly rods on small streams. And so today I wanted to revisit that and kind of take a different approach. I wanted to talk about not necessarily the kind of rod you should be looking for, but once you have that rod, why and how you should use it. Additionally, why there might be reasons why you should use a longer rod. Again, I am all for using the best tool for the job. Just because you like using a short rod doesn't mean that you have to use it. Just because you like fishing small streams doesn't mean that you need to use a short rod. There's lots of reasons and circumstances why having a short rod can be more beneficial, and there's sometimes where it's actually going to inhibit what you want to do, even on a smaller stream. So I want to talk about that today. First, I want to define what a short rod is. Some of this is subjective. If you are used to using a nine foot rod for any and all circumstances, an eight foot rod is going to feel short. You're going to have the amount of feel and the touch on using a nine foot rod. So, having a foot less of graphite or fiberglass or bamboo or whatever coming out of your hand, you're going to notice that. Absolutely. But generally speaking, when we talk about short fly rods, we're talking about sub seven foot. Now you can get really short I'm looking at right now a five foot three inch five weight that I have fished on some small streams it's a really quirky rod but it excels at throwing streamers on small streams we'll talk a little bit about that technique a little bit later I've been fishing a five foot nine inch one weight a lot recently a lot of fun that's a rod that I'm going to be reviewing and casting across in the near future But I've got some six footers, a six and a half footer, and a seven foot rod that I think is the perfect prototypical small stream fly rod. It kind of is right in that sweet spot of being able to do longer rod tasks and doing shorter rod tasks also. This is more of a qualitative discussion. There's no right or wrong answer as to what a short rod is. But generally speaking, for the the sake of the conversation today, I'm going to say seven foot and under. So the first thing that you can do with a short fly rod is cast. Now, here's the biggest caveat of the whole podcast. A short fly rod might not be the best casting tool. And objectively speaking, a short fly rod isn't the best casting tool. When you look at people who are doing competition casting, they're using 9-foot fly rods, generally speaking. And there's a reason for that. Now, of course, there, there are these really short, Rods that people use to throw 100 feet of line, but that is an exception to the rule and it's not normal fly fishing. But the reason why competition casters are throwing 9-foot fly rods for distance and for accuracy is because that 9-foot piece of material, generally we're talking about graphite, is building up the kind of line speed that you need to move a lot of line and also to do so with a certain amount of accuracy when you get to a certain distance. You know 30 40 50 feet when we're fishing small streams we usually don't need that 30 40 and 50 feet of distance either the gradient of the stream allows you to move much closer or if you're talking about something flat like a spring creek there's enough bends and there's enough natural cover that you're not having to bomb long long casts as always there's exceptions to the rule but you don't need to make those super long casts which works if you're using a small fly rod because they can't do those things. Can you throw out a lot of line with a six and a half or seven foot fly rod? Of course, but they are not built for that. They're not designed for that. They're not meant to do that. So casting really doesn't count. And there's even some other circumstances where a short fly rod isn't the best. The bow and arrow cast, for example, you think that what better cast is there for a tiny stream with tiny quarters than a bow and arrow cast. Well, the bow and arrow cast really succeeds because you have the amount of line that you want out the end of your rod tip pulled back in your non-casting hand and pulled back in such a way that you're able to bend your rod so there's enough spring when you let go of that. It's going to put that fly right where you want it. Well, if you only have a five and a half foot rod, you're not able to generate enough spring to really push that fly out very far. So the short of the rod doesn't make the short rod game better. There's always trade-offs, there's always benefits, and there's always kind of a cost-benefit ratio that you have to look at when you're talking about a fly rod. But where a short fly rod excels is controlling your back cast. Some people think, and a lot of people think from conversations I've had, that you need a tiny fly rod if you're fishing a small mountain stream, for example, because it's like you're fishing in a tunnel. And in one sense, that's true. There are certainly rhododendron choke points where you're really having to get down low physically and move that fly rod in this tight little circumference. But that is almost always a anomaly or it's an inconsistent situation that you encounter, where if you look up, more often than not, you have a lot of clearance and you look to the side and you look behind you. And although maybe there might be a bush right on top of the stream behind you, you can cast over that bush. And so having a smaller rod isn't just for fitting into the physical space, kind of in the, in the same way that maneuvering to the stream isn't a good reason to get a short fly rod is a lot easier to move through dense underbrush with a seven foot fly rod than it is through an, with a nine foot fly rod. Of course, but if that's your main concern, then break your 9-foot fly rod down into four pieces and put it on your back or hold it all in your hand, and you can get through even easier than if you had a 7-foot fly rod. So those two reasons aren't the reasons why you should have a short fly rod, both because of you're on a small stream, so you need a small fly rod. Well, maybe, maybe not. There might be a lot more clearance than you actually think, and moving through the brush isn't the reason also. But what you do get a benefit of having a smaller fly rod when you're on a small stream, you're able to limit the movement of your rod tip a lot more. And in doing so, you control where your line, your leader, and your fly ends up. So within a few foot uh, variation, your line and your fly are gonna be moving along the same path that your fly rod moves. And think about the different size arc that a 7-foot fly rod makes versus a 9-foot fly rod makes. There is a very large range of motion that those two feet differ in from the tip movement of a 9-foot fly rod and the tip movement of a 7-foot fly rod. So when you're talking about a general overhead cast, that's the difference and that's why the 9-foot rod excels when making a longer cast because it's able to move that fly line along that plane a lot further and generate a lot more line speed. But Where the short rod excels is when it is in those tighter quarters, it's able to make that complete motion and move that line across the complete arc, the full forecast, the full backward cast, and it's able to do so in a much smaller and more compact area. And if you're not trying to throw 40 feet, you're only trying to throw 15 or 20 feet, you're able to do some kind of quirky things. It's not a perfect stereotypical cast. You're able to move that line side to side, up and down. You're able to make that cast where your elbow is not in the perfect spot and the, your hand's not in the perfect spot from the textbook perspective, but you're able to get that a lot tighter into your body. And all of a sudden that seven foot rod, the, the butt of the rod and your reel are kind of in front of your chest. And you're making this tiny little cast, mostly with your wrist, and you only have five feet of rod sticking up you know, straight up or quartered off to the side off of your shoulder and so in doing so you're able to control the tip of your rod and where your line goes and I think this is, this is the most important thing about casting on a small stream is you're not making a bunch of false casts you're just throwing it behind you and putting it out in front of you but you do want to be able to cast. You want a rod that allows you to cast on the stream. Not just bow and arrow cast, not just the little flips and flicks and dapping. You want to be able to cast. and So you want to find a rod that does fit in that physical space but you're probably going to be surprised with how much rod you can get away with. I like to fish in small streams that have open canopy with an eight or an eight and a half foot rod because it allows me to have a full cast and it allows me to have a nice delicate presentation with those smaller flies. A, a dry fly especially a small mayfly uh, you know not some big chunky you know attractor pattern is going to have a lot more success if it's presented in a very very delicate manner and i think a longer rod allows me to do that a little bit better than a short rod does some small streams, you don't have the luxury of being able to have an 8-foot rod. You have to have something smaller, and that's okay if you realize that there are going to be some limitations. So that's the first word. It's casting. And although you can absolutely do a lot of great casting with a small fly rod, you usually don't need to do a lot of casting with a fly rod in the sense of distance. You need accuracy, but you also need line control. Line control in these circumstances trumps distance, so accuracy always matters. But line control in this situation is priority number two, well before distance. The next thing is presentation. Now, a short fly rod allows you to do some really cool things. And this is true for dries. This is true for nymphs. But the best example I can think of is fishing with a streamer. And then you can kind of take the data and, and extrapolate it out into how you do this for a dry or for a nymph. I really honed my small rod game on some central Pennsylvania spring creeks. And one of the best ways to approach these creeks and to fish them was to fish streamers on the undercut banks. But the streams themselves were very salty, very muddy. You didn't wade unless you needed to. So what you were trying to do was cast perfectly upstream or perfectly downstream from the stream bank you were on. And maybe you weren't even like toes to the water. Maybe you were a few feet back to reduce your visibility so the fish wouldn't see you especially if you were fishing downstream and you'd want to cast upstream along that stream bank and work that fly with a retrieve primarily using your hand as you're pulling line in or you're just taking up slack as it's moving downstream, or if you're fishing upstream, you are pulling your line literally to get a retrieve, and then working that fly maybe over some larger obstacles using that rod tip, or maybe even giving it a little action. I know that's heretical in some circles, but it's absolutely the best way to fish. And what I found was is that using a nine foot or an eight and a half foot fly rod, even though I had all the space in the world above me, I'm fishing in meadows, there's there's nothing that I'm gonna get hung up on. In fact, having a higher plane for my line to travel on was beneficial because there was high grass and there was cattails and all sorts of stuff. So to have that long rod was great to be able to get those casts up and make a couple of false casts even. The problem was is that you make that cast upstream and you're on the bank. And that fly lands beautifully, right? You know, we've got this dialed in. So we put that fly right where we want it, a couple inches off that bank. It even hits a, a blade of grass that's hanging over and it gently drops in. And then you start making your retrieve. Well, you're not going to have your rod pointed directly upstream because even if you're doing a good strip set, in this situation it's not the best way to set the hook and it doesn't allow for a quick connection with that fish. You want to be able to use that rod in conjunction with a strip set a lot of times to hook up with these fish very well. So you're having this nine foot or eight and a half foot rod perpendicular to the stream bank and what happens? As soon as that fly gets within 15 feet of that rod where you're standing or sitting or kneeling, it starts to move towards that rod tip or you start to get too much slack and now you're in danger of pulling it away from the fish or that mend that you make, it pulls it straight out into the middle of the stream because it is moving towards your rod tip. Having a shorter rod six and a half foot, seven foot rod allows you to let that drift come a lot closer to you before that fly starts moving out into the middle of the stream and away from the most productive spot you want to fish, which is under that stream bank the same thing could be said from a weed bed or a bunch of rocks or if you're fishing in a high mountain stream and you just don't have the ability to move exactly where you want to move because of a cliff or a very large rock or a drop off or something like that you can fish the runs that you want to fish as even if you are in line with them you're not having to make a presentation across the stream. You can even fish right next to you. Now, of course, that's going to be a limitation of a shorter rod is that if you have to fish across the stream, you're going to be pulling that fly towards you as opposed to keeping it in that 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 line that you want to fish in. But hopefully you can move towards it and you can get yourself into a better situation. It's a lot easier to be able to wade to the spot you need to fish from than it is to get cute and choke up on your fly rod, for example. That is rarely a good choice. It doesn't often work very well. I have stories about that. Maybe I'll tell them one day uh, about some very, very uh, precarious situations I got myself in because I was choking up on the fly rod or even disconnecting it and casting only segments of it. But that is indeed for another day. So that's a really cool technique that you can use and benefit from by having a shorter rod. It gets you in, in line with your fly. It gives you greater line of sight. And this is where it becomes very true for your dry fly and your nymph. What you're effectively doing is closing up that angle between where you're standing, where the tip of your rod is, and where your fly in your presentation is. You're able to use a tool to its fullest and still stay kind of close and compact. Some of those things that are nice to have in normal circumstances, but are essential when the environment you're in is tight and you're not able to have nine feet. You're able to still make those mends. You're still able to make those hook sets. You're able to maneuver your rod as you cast and mend and it's all closer and tighter in, and you're not having to angle your rod upstream and lose out some of those benefits of setting the hook and, and also making those mends as you would if you if you were limited by having a longer rod on a smaller stream. Speaking of angles, that brings us to our third and final thing for benefits of having a shorter fly rod today, and that is actually hooking and landing a fish. So when you are fishing any sort of stream that has little waterfalls, plunge pools, and things like that, you're oftentimes casting off to the side of or below a plunge pool. And you make that cast and you hook the fish. Now if you're using a long rod, there's a very good chance that the tip of your rod is very close to being on top of where that fish takes. So any closer that you get to where that fish is and where it's being fought in that pool or in that area, Your rod tip is going up higher and higher and higher, and if you're going to get yourself into a situation where you're landing that fish, then your rod is probably going to be close to vertical, and you lose a lot of fish fighting power. Now. Of course, how much fish fighting power do you need for an 8-inch brook trout or a 10-inch cutthroat? They can be very feisty, but they aren't going to have to be fought with a capital F. But you are going to want to be able to maneuver them and manage them quickly and efficiently for their benefit and for yours. You want to land that fish. So bringing it to net, bringing it to hand... You want to be able to use that rod. It's very difficult to use a 9-foot rod when the fish is 9 feet away from you. It's just not very convenient. So you set that hook, you've got that fish bouncing around, and having a 9-foot rod, as soon as you take that next step towards that fish, you close that gap. You make that angle more acute by 3 feet maybe you're not going to have the, the space to work in to really move that fish in a way that it doesn't flop around. I'm sure you've had that situation where you have that fish right in front of you and you have that rod uh, straight up and down, essentially, and very quickly it kind of flops from one side to the other and your rod tip kind of bounces you know back and forth. And even a small fish is difficult to kind of get where you need it to be to, to net it or land it. And it's not that you're necessarily concerned about losing your dinner But to quickly and safely and effectively land this fish, it's a lot easier to have a shorter rod and these tight quarters to get it to where you want it to be. If you see the the continuity between these three things, casting, presentation, and fighting a fish, and how a short rod really benefits you because it just makes those angles smaller. The angles for your cast, the angles for your presentation, and the angles for fighting and landing a fish. And that's really the greatest benefit. It's not so much that this small rod makes catching small fish more exciting. It's not so much that this small rod gets onto the stream a lot easier than a longer rod. It certainly isn't because a small rod makes casting easier it just tightens things up a lot and allows you to do everything that you would normally do with a longer rod just in a smaller space. So small rods are a lot of fun and I fish smaller rods on bigger water and there was a time where I used small rods on big water all the time. I was just much more comfortable fishing those fly rods because it's what I was used to. But as I've fished more, I've really come to try to find a rod that allows me to do the most in the space that I can fish in. And so I try to maximize the rod that I have for the situation that I'm in. Are there exceptions? Of course. The little one weight I was talking about earlier, it's a fun little rod and trying to find ways to use it in different streams and different situations. But that it's a different kind of concept. It's about more of the the, the journey than the destination. If you're talking about destination and having a good journey to that destination, then you want to find the rod that fits the stream the best. And for a lot of us, that means a shorter fly rod. If you want some ideas on some good small stream fly rods that are shorter, I have a page on castingcross.com called Small Stream Fly Rod Reviews and it's all shorter rods. I think they're all sub eight foot, so I've got some you know seven and a half footers and seven foot nine inch fly rods in there and they're all zero to four weight. This podcast wasn't really about weights, more about length, so that's almost another discussion, but there are a couple of podcasts in the archives that talk about small stream fly rod selection, but today I just want to talk about three ways you should be using your shorter fly rods. This week on CastingAcross.com, two articles. Monday's was called, This is My Favorite Spot. I have had lots of favorite spots throughout the years, and I have a lot of favorite spots now, but... What makes a favorite fishing spot a favorite fishing spot? It could be a memory. It could be consistency. It could be the kind of fishing that you can do or just enjoy being in that place. So I talk about a few former favorite spots and one of my favorite spots now. Then on Wednesday, there's an article called Ed Shank, 1927 to 2020. Ed Shank was a man who lived in the Cumberland Valley of Pennsylvania and who fished a LaTorte. He did a lot of other things, as all of us do, but that was the context in which I knew Ed. And so we had a handful of conversations over the years about fishing in Pennsylvania, fishing in general, and especially about fishing the La Torte. And so this is a short article talking about a few memories and a couple of things that he had to share. And I can really say that Ed Shank and his book have been influential in my understanding fishing small water with small rods. Ed liked to fish with little five-foot-three-inch rods, uh, five-foot rods, five-foot-six-inch rods, and he caught some very large fish. They were heavier rods, and so he would fish them with six weights and even heavier than that. But really, really interesting fellow, um, and his book, Fly Rod Trouting, is a great example of fly fishing writing because it combines Technique with narrative, and it's just the best of both worlds. So, I strongly suggest che- you check out that article on the website today. This week's recommendation is a program called Save the Season. Save the Season is being put on by PostFly, and it's effectively a way to help guides who are being impacted by coronavirus, specifically their reduction in business. It's very hard to be in a drift boat with somebody if you're not supposed to be within six feet of other people. And of course, there's so many different ideas, opinions, and even within certain similar political, cultural ideologies of how we should be handling this. But the reality is, is that there are going to be people who are going to be playing catch up once this is all over. And so this is a attempt to reduce and minimize the impact that's going to have. Even if it's a little bit of something, then there's a benefit to that. And for a lot of people, this is really an investment. If they can put a little bit of money towards uh, the guide industry, and even maybe their favorite guide in a favorite region, then that little bit of investment today can pay off tomorrow when that guide is still operating as opposed to doing something else. So... A lot of details. You can go to SavetheSeason.org and check that out. But one particular thing I wanted to show was the creativity and the resourcefulness and the ingenuity of the fly fishing community. And one example is uh, Dean Wormel. You might know him as Gin Clear if you're on fly fishing social media at all. He likes and wins almost everything on social media. But he has tied up 12 squid flies, and they are great flies. They're the kind of flies that you would buy in a fly shop. Dean's a skilled fly tire, and he is auctioning them off on his Instagram page, at Gin Clear. You can find them pretty easy. And those proceeds are going to be Put directly towards the Save the Season campaign. You can find links both to Save the Season and to Dean's Instagram page on the show notes from this podcast. And if you're listening to it live, the auction is going to end on April 22nd. And if you are catching this later, check it out, see how it turned out. That's always exciting. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast in three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.